DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leonie Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, a religious community dedicated to retreats and spiritual direction according to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He is featured on several series found on the Eternal Word television network. He's also the author of numerous books on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, as well as other works focused on aspects of the spiritual life. A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leone Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be back. I cannot help the feeling I have of this great love for a family that up until now, I never, I, I really didn't know the Martins. And not only through the letters of St. Therese, that wonderful program we did prior to this one, but even now, especially now, there seems to be such a beauty in the heart of this family. There's a heartbeat that is it's so strong, isn't it? It draws us, it draws me into the depths of that wonderful love. That's all the way I can describe it. Yes, it's, it's a fascinating story. Of course, we're speaking of uh, St. Therese, who is, uh, in the words of St. Pius X, the greatest saint of modern times, and which certainly indicates just the enormity of the interest in her. And then it spreads out. When you start getting to know her parents, you get really drawn to them. And then you start wanting to know more about the various of the five sisters. And in this case, it's surprisingly Leonie who has come to the fore now, ahead of the other three remaining sisters. And then you find out that there's a fascinating story here, which I think is largely unknown. You can find it in the various publications, but I don't think it's really been shared. And so... It just keeps getting more interesting all the time. And I would say not only interesting, but upbuilding. I know as I've spent a good many months now just absorbing, well, first Therese, and then her mother's letters, and then Leonie's letters, I just find it's a kind of daily nourishment. I would spend some time every day doing this and have become very grateful for it because you just find yourself spiritually nourished as you get close to the story of this family. So I hope we're sharing that as we go through these conversations. There have been film adaptations of their lives in an attempt to try to capture this. And I've even seen film on the life of Leonie. God bless them for their attempts to be able to bring forward a better understanding of the family and those film adaptations as well as the life of St. Therese. But there's nothing quite like this experience of going deeper into the letters and hearing their own actual own words and giving that some space. I think that's, that's really important. Well, we're getting it firsthand. There's no mediation, which is the best way to meet anyone, actually. Yes. Well, uh, why don't we uh, resume then with the letters? We had been looking at some of the letters in which Zelie was describing her discovery of how Louise had been literally terrorizing her daughter. 
how she is now set free from that and then the remarkable change in Leonie and the great desire in Zaylee now to survive her cancer long enough to be able to really help her daughter Leonie adjust to living in a new way. So this next letter that we look at is to Zaylee's sister-in-law, and this is written three days after the preceding letter. As I've already told you, Leonie is considerably changed. She's no longer the same person. She left all her, in quotes, deception without a word. Now, deception, she'd been under such stress uh, by the maid. Until then, I'd been unable to keep her from helping the maid. Supposedly, that was the only work that pleased her. But she's given it up so well that now she has to force herself to help around the house. So now we're getting the real Leonie here, who is as less interested in doing these kinds of things as most children would be. I assure you she's never far from my side. She's always working with me, and I can't go out without her. It's her greatest happiness. It's like the heart of this young girl, 14 years old now, which has been so starved for a mother's love. Now that finally that channel is open, she just can't get enough. She won't leave, let's say, Lee. She has to be with her every minute. It's her greatest happiness. Before, it was impossible for me to take her anywhere without causing a scene. She never played with her sisters, which surprised me very much. How blind I was. I didn't notice that she was spellbound by the maid, and I could have no influence over her. Finally, it's absolutely over. Leonie wants only one thing now, to see that girl leave, because she's uncomfortable in her presence and doesn't dare kiss me. I can't tell you how many times a day she comes secretly to shower me with kisses. So there's a huge affective void that she's trying to fill at this point. And Zaylee recognizes this and is doing everything she can to allow this to happen. She does exactly everything I tell her to do joyfully and promptly. Now she's like a normal child. Imagine at 14 for the first time she's saying this. All right, a month later to her daughter Pauline. At the moment, my Pauline, I have no idea what I'm doing. Now, Celie, in the midst of the, the rush and the ebb and flow and the, the busyness of the family home, is trying to write a letter. I have no idea what I'm doing because your grandmother is talking to me while I'm writing to you. The maid is arriving with the little ones, and they're making quite a lot of noise. So this is a scene of just a lot of commotion. And in the midst of it, Zaylee is trying to write this letter. Now watch what Leonie does here. I think I'm going to have to abandon my letter until this evening when they've all gone to bed, since one can't have a moment's rest here. I'm sure that all the boarding school students at the Visitation Monastery combined couldn't make as much noise. It's a good thing I have the ears for it. And then a little bit later in the letter. Finally, I'm free for a moment. Leonie, who saw me forced to hold a conversation with her grandmother while writing, took pity on me. And that's remarkable that Leonie understands the situation and finds the way to address it. She said to her, Grandma, so you're not thinking of any more about going to visit Madame Tessier? Now, this was a friend of the family, and she was in a house right across the street, and the grandmother had intended to visit with her. And your grandmother left right away, very happy to have been reminded of her oversight. 
Oh, we've seen Leonie get things wrong so many times. And this time, she understands the situation and she finds a lovely way to deal with it. Kind of a remarkable little insight into Leonie at this point. Two weeks later, to Zelie's sister-in-law. And of course, this is the time now when the breast cancer is really coming to the fore. I hope the Blessed Mother will cure me, if not completely, at least so that I'll have time to raise my children. At first, I always asked her for it. If it's necessary, I'm certain I won't be refused. And I believe this grace is more necessary now than ever because of Leonie. Yes, I see a shining ray of hope for her that foretells to me a complete change to come. Up until now, every effort I've made to become attached to her has been fruitless, but it's no longer the same today. She loves me as much as it's possible to love, and with this love, little by little, the love of God penetrates her heart. She has unlimited trust in me and goes as far as revealing to me her slightest faults. She truly wants to change her life and makes many efforts that no one else can appreciate like I do. I can't get the idea out of my head that this transformation is due to the prayers of my holy sister because everything changed two or three weeks after her death. She's also the one who obtained the grace for me to know how to manage to attach her heart to mine. I hope God will let me complete my task, which is far from being finished. It takes time to conquer such a nature, and I see that this mission was entrusted to me. No one else could carry it out, not even the nuns at the Visitation Monastery. They would send her away as they've done before. So, Zaylee has the sense that if, even with the change that's taking place in Leonie, if she were to send her for a third time to the boarding school with the Visitation nuns, the same thing would happen again. She realizes that really only a mother and one who can understand Leonie the way that she, Zaylee, does can work this kind of change, can walk with her toward that kind of change. I think it's important for us to remember, isn't it, Father Gallagher, that for Leonie, she still has the struggles with perceiving, communicating, whatever it is that's going on inside of her physically, to be able to be similar in many ways to her other sisters. It appears in the instances you've described that she has some type of disability, a learning disability, as we would say. Some of the influence of this maid has been taken away, and she now has this relationship that her mother had always craved, and it seems as though she probably craved it too. I think it's true of most parents that we know our children. We understand them. We're with them. There's something about a mother's heart. And there are a lot of kids out there that struggle still, like whether it's in school or with relationships. There's something that for a mother and a father too, that they know their kids and that God put them in their life, even with these challenges, so that the parent can help to nourish. And it's good for the child, but also good for the parent, for both souls. I think sometimes we relinquish that to others and there's something in our hearts that say, oh, wait a minute, but I know my kid. I know my child. Yes, Zaylee has a very keen sense that she is really irreplaceable and more than ever right now for Leonie when for the first time her heart is open in this way. 
And, you know, you mentioned the father. It's probably good for us to say, Zelie comes to the fore because she was the one that wrote the letters. And so we're, we're getting her words and her, you know, perceptions of things. But her husband, Louis, was very much involved in this as well. It's just that he didn't leave writings uh, about this. Very, very few letters and certainly none of this kind like we're reading. This was really both parents very much actively involved in this. But of course, we're getting this through the words of Zelie. So we're getting a mother's perspective. And as you say, Chris, she has the sense that she's uniquely important to Leonie. She can help Leonie in a way that no one other than the mother can in this kind of thing. Well, she writes now on the same day as the last letter, but now to her daughter, Pauline. So I'm, I'm not reading the whole letter, obviously, just the parts that pertain. Now, let's talk about Leonie a little bit. My poor child who caused me so much fear. How many times I trembled at the thought of the unhappy future that awaited her. Yet I always had hope, and I believe I see the dawn of better days. Grace has been working in her since your aunt's death when she began to show an affection for me that's constantly growing. She can't leave me anymore. She even goes as far as confiding in me her most secret thoughts. Fear and love of God are penetrating her heart little by little, which is really interesting. As Leonie is absorbing her mother's love, simultaneously, Zelie is very aware that in a new way she is absorbing God's love for her. God is becoming more central in in her life. But if you knew how gently I treat her, and an exclamation point uh, concludes that sentence, I'm surprised at myself. I'm quite sure your aunt also obtained for me the grace to know how to handle her, which she had never known how to do. She wants to receive communion at the end of May, and that means constant preparation every day. Oh, well, may God be blessed. And Zelie obviously is going to be the one to make this happen. That's why I feel needed, if not indispensable. So I very much hope the Blessed Mother will cure me. So pray hard, my Pauline, during this beautiful month, so that our good Heavenly Mother comes to our aid. This is in the month of May. Three days later, again to her daughter Pauline. Now, at this point, various people have urged Zelie to go on pilgrimage to Lourdes to seek healing. And she will do that. At this point, she's looking for various pilgrimages that she can join. And it will turn out to be quite a difficult experience, but she will do it. And that's the background to what she says here. I've learned that there's a pilgrimage to Lourdes leaving Angers on June 10th and so forth. I'm going to write, get the information. My illness is still progressing, though I'm not suffering a lot. But before you return to school, sometimes I would go a week without feeling anything. And now I'm suffering continuously. Her last few months especially. Again, it's another parallel with Therese, just as Therese suffered terribly in the last few months of her life from tuberculosis. Her mother did likewise from the breast cancer. However, I'm confident I'll be cured. It was 10 or 15 days after your aunt's death that rightly or wrongly, I began to feel this confidence that I can't understand and also a great desire to live a few more years to raise my children. Another remarkable quality of this, here is this woman who essentially is dying of cancer. And we are at this point in the month of May. 
she will die in August. So she doesn't really have that much longer to live, just really a matter of weeks. There's no slowing down in her dedication to her family. She finally did stop the business, which was a great relief to her. But you can see this is a mother who is as actively engaged in the matters of her family as ever before. You could look anywhere through the, over the years at her letters and you'll see the same dedication. I've said elsewhere, and it, it just comes to mind to say it again, like Therese, she is utterly other-centered. And in this case, above all, on her family and their various needs. Before, I thought I wasn't very useful. I, I'm really not able to make a difference with Leonie and that perhaps everything would go better after my death. But now Leonie worries me. She truly needs me, and I need time to finish the work that God has put in my hands. So I'm sure he'll give it to me, though I know it's a lot to ask him to disregard the laws of nature to prolong one wretched life. Oh well, what's certain is that he does it often through pure goodness and mercy, and if he does it for me, I'll try to make him not regret it. Two weeks later to her sister-in-law. Leonie continues to become a good child, but it's a difficult land to cultivate. It definitely needs the dew of heaven, which I'm sure won't fail us. I'm doing everything possible to cultivate it well, and God will make the flowers and the fruit grow. This little one has a heart of gold. So there you hear it again, that phrase. You only have to know how to handle her with a great deal of gentleness. So this has become absolutely clear to Celia at this point. So much so in the way that she's dealing with Leonie that other people are criticizing her for it, and she responds to that. I'm so gentle with her that they criticize me for it, but I know what I'm doing. I don't listen to these criticisms. She was brought to this point by an extreme harshness that I didn't suspect. That's the maid. And under the influence of the maid who went about it very badly, though she's a nice girl deep down. Now you get this Whenever the members of the family speak about the maid Louise, they've fully recognized the harm that she did to Leonie, but they're never overly harsh toward her because they know that she was more misguided and just unaware of what she was doing. She thought, maybe with a certain self-satisfaction or complacency or maybe some arrogance, that she knew how to handle Leonie when no one else did, and she did actually manage to control her, but at a terrible price, obviously. But they don't recognize any profound bad will in Louise, more just ignorance of what she was doing and a kind of misguided zeal and a certain self-satisfaction. Oh, well, who knows? Um, This next thing is really interesting. All right, why did God allow this treatment by the maid? I believe God allowed this bad treatment, which I was unaware of, to first subdue this strange nature and make it more accommodating so that the task may be easier in the future. It was a terrible way to do it, but she was brought under control. And Zaylee just wonders, well, maybe somewhere in God's providence, if she had never learned any kind of control, things might have been harder for her in the future. That's a pretty charitable way to look at it, given the situation, I'd say. Uh, Very charitable. I think that's why she's a saint. I don't know if I could have done that as a mom. I don't know, but But isn't that a greater mystery, Father Gallagher? And I think she's contemplating that as a faithful daughter of the Father. Why would you allow this? I know you love us. Why would you 
allow this. And it's a mystery. And yet she's somehow she's giving God the benefit of the doubt. She doesn't sound angry at him, at least not in this letter. You know, there's a question that was once put to me by a scholar of St. Therese when I was raising some of the things, you know, had she been treated with more care in the monastery, might she have lived longer and so forth? And he just said, do you think any of the members of the family from their present perspective have any regrets about the way things happened in their lives? It's a very good question. And there's somewhere in the mystery of how God worked in the life of Leonie and Zelie, the end point is everything and more that any mother or daughter could ever hope for. You know, so there, there is a mystery of providence in all of this, which doesn't excuse, let's say, what the maid did or any of these harmful things, but that God's providence is above all things and manages to work through all things. And I think that's what you're getting here in Zaylee. It's pondering why God permitted this and seeing at least one glimpse of perhaps why. As we said earlier, I think with a lot of generosity also, you know, looking at the situation. So if that had not happened, otherwise she would have never known the value of gentleness and friendship. So because you have this stark, I would say, passage from brutality and being terrorized and being physically hit and emotionally lashed and so forth to the gentleness and love of her mother, Leonie discovers, as Elie says, perhaps discovers in a way that otherwise she might never have discovered the value of gentleness and friendship. Having said all that, it was important that it ended as quickly as possible or else she would have been lost. If my wishes aren't granted and I'm not cured, the maid will leave as soon as I return from Lourdes. I don't want this child to fall under her control ever again. I hope God will help me find the kind of person I want to raise her, but let's rather hope that I'm the one he's chosen for this task. However, the servant is very, that is, Louise, is very devoted. If I'm not cured, she wants to take care of me up until the end, but I can't accept her devotion for fear she'll stay on after I'm gone. And as I mentioned earlier, in point of fact, that's what happened. Zelie allowed Louise, who begged for it, to stay uh, through the end of her, Zelie's illness. And it's one of the things that Leonie would say in a letter much later in life when she so let me actually read it here. This is many years later in 1923. So Leonie is 60 years old at this point, And this is, she writes this sentence, I forgive my tormentor, that's the maid, with all my heart. And I am grateful to her for looking after my mother so well during her last illness. All right, so this is a month later now, writing to Pauline, and in the intervening weeks, the trip to Lourdes has happened, which was anything that could have gone wrong on that trip did go wrong. It turned out to be a very difficult trip for Zelie. She went with her three oldest daughters, Marie, Pauline, and Leonie. And I won't get into all those details, but it was physically exhausting. And of course, the miracle didn't happen while they were there. So she writes to Pauline, I still have a very strong hope of being cured. Not that I'm asking him to take my illness away completely, but only to let me live a few years to have time to raise my children, and especially poor Leonie, who needs me so much 
and who I feel so sorry for, writing to Pauline. This is a beautiful thing, a mother's awareness. She has fewer natural gifts than you, but in spite of this, she has a heart that asks to love and be loved. That's the great thirst in this young girl, is to pour out the love that's been bottled up in her heart and to be loved. Only a mother would be able to continually show her the attention she's hungering for and follow her progress closely enough to do her good. My dear child treats me with infinite tenderness. She anticipates my wishes, and nothing is too much. She looks into my eyes to try and guess what would make me happy. She's almost doing too much. But as soon as anyone else asks her for something, her face clouds over, and her expression changes instantly. So something has changed, but Leonie still has all the liabilities and the struggles that we've seen. Little by little, I'm managing to make her get over this, although she still often forgets. However, with time, I'm sure I'll be able to manage to make her love God a lot and be pleasant to everyone. That is very, again, you can see this in those who are in the autism spectrum, that when they are focused, this is what they care about, this is their mission, anything that gets in the way of this causes disruption but they are singularly focused in many cases. And in that, they find their joy. And the way you're describing it, it brings tears to my eyes. It's just like, in this moment, whatever's going on in Leonie's heart, in her, in her mind, in her soul, it's all about her mother. Yes, that's her single focus. And I'm sure it's not only because of the new freedom in her relationship with her mother, but she knows her mother's illness. Mm -hmm. And in her oftentimes fumbling and imperfect but very sincere way, she wants to help. As her mother even says here, it's almost too much, you know, that um, she's always there at every moment. But that's her single focus. Yes, you know, again, I don't want to play psychologist because I have no formal training in that area. But the more you make these parallels, the more it seems to fit. And as I mentioned earlier, I've seen in a couple places now that various commentators propose this as the explanation of Leonie's condition, that she was on that autistic spectrum. In any case, many things certainly seem to make sense when you look at it in that light. You've been listening to A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leonie Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com, or you can find it on the Discerning Hearts free app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for A Sister of St. Therese, Servant of God, Leonie Martin, Bearer of Hope, with Father Timothy Gallagher.